This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a fantastic start to your week thus far. Uh, it is, of course, now Tuesday, a couple of days away from next Arsenal match, in which Arsenal will play against FC Zurich in the Europa League. Uh, but we've got plenty of Arsenal-related content to talk about before that point. So strap in, get ready. And we're going to throw it all in your faces. So uh, do drop a like in the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. A massive thank you to all of the support that we got in yesterday's show. We are now less than 20 subs away from hitting that big 40,000. So if you're not yet subscribed to the channel, make sure that you are. If you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, all of that lovely stuff as well, hop over to YouTube. Make sure that your YouTube subscription is there as well. It really helps us out. If you are listening on iTunes and Spotify as well, if you can leave a five-star review or just any kind of review, I'd really appreciate that as well because it massively, massively helps out the channel. Uh, good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Good morning to Matt G and Martin and Gunerate, David, Kaiser, Alpha, Blackshine, Adama, Matt G, Stephen, Dave. We've got Jose and Kevin and Anthony and Yomi as well. Uh, and Carlton and Chris, uh, plenty of usual faces and some unusual ones too. Uh, it's always good to see. Uh, let's crack on with the first thing, which is to tell you that, again, uh, until Thursday, you can get your hands on either of the Odegaard or Smithrow signed shirts. Uh, and, and I say either, I mean both of them together in one entire prize. Link in the description, as always, to check out how you can win that. Uh, there are, I think, still just about just under 50 tickets been sold on this one. So, again, great opportunity to win it if you do indeed get involved with the prize. Moving forwards, Arsenal's under-21s drew uh, against Crystal Palace at Boreham Wood Stadium. Uh, Marquinhos actually started the game, but Bandera was the guy that got the goal for Arsenal. Uh, an interesting young player that's recently signed his first professional contract, one to keep an eye on for the future. Marquinhos, I imagine, was involved in the game because, of course, he hasn't played senior football for some time. He was ill. He missed that trip, of course, uh, away to PSV. 
wasn't available for that game. And so therefore, I think the club are using the opportunity to give him some minutes in the Europa League here. Because had we, of course, you know, not lost to PSV, we would have had this game on Thursday, which would have been a dead rubber for us, basically. And Marquinhos would have been able to to get some really valuable minutes in that game. But with Arsenal needing to get a result in this game on Thursday, it obviously adds that additional pressure and Marquinhos, therefore, might not end up starting this one. Uh, Ozil's agent has been speaking once again. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware uh, of Urquhart, um, he's basically a representative or was, I think still is. Urquhart Sogut is the former and current, I still think he's the current representative of uh, Ozil. He spoke to Tribal Football um, in which he did an interview uh, <laughs> with with them, and he talked a lot about kind of you know his, his his life and stuff like that, and and Ozil in particular. But it was the interesting part about Abamyang where he revealed something in particular. He said he he being Ozil could never play for another English club. He's not like Abamyang. He loved his time at Arsenal. Is still in contact with a lot of players, not least Saka. They have a special relationship. Interesting little. Little moment towards Abamyang there. Uh, apparently, Abamyang and Ozil are, you know, still, I think, fairly decent friends. They played together. Uh, Ozil sent kind messages towards Abamyang when he left the club. I can't really see how. <laughs> I can't really see how this comment helps Ozil in any way. But it was interesting to see him comment like he's not like Abamyang, who's obviously gone to Chelsea. A little bit of a strange one. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. Well, I say that I have seen quite a few things quite like this and, and funny comments being made by agents before, but this one in particular was quite amusing. Uh, Alexis Sanchez has said that he wants to knock out Spurs from the Champions League. Marseille, of course, will play uh, Spurs in the final Champions League group match in which if they win, they will go ahead of Spurs. Uh, the winner of Frankfurt against Sporting Lisbon if there is indeed a winner, would then top the group, meaning that Spurs would drop into the Europa League. Alexis says, I have great affection for Arsenal from my time there. Beating Spurs every time was a great joy. Very special. They are days I will always cherish. Uh, so really good to see Alexis Sanchez talking about the fact that he wants to knock out Spurs from the Champions League. And it's a really great game, I think, an opportunity to watch uh, Marseille against Spurs. Plenty of former Arsenal players and on-loan Arsenal players involved. You've got Alexis Sanchez, you've got um, Matteo Genduzzi, you've got, um, who else am I thinking of? Nuno Tavares, you've got Sayer Kalasinac. There's a lot of Arsenal in Marseille, and so therefore that adds a little bit of extra spice uh, involved in the game between the two. So certainly a game to watch uh, if you've got the time across this week in the Champions League fixtures. Now, uh, news has reportedly emerged from the Sun that Bakaya Saka's injury is not as serious as first feared. Um, I've personally yet to hear anything on this situation as of yet. All I was aware was that it was basically a kick and there was confidence that it wouldn't be all that bad. But this report coming out uh, at the moment is suggesting it won't be too bad and that he could indeed be available for the game against Chelsea. Uh, the open training session ahead of the game against Zurich is tomorrow. So it will be interesting to see if Saka is indeed involved. I'll be there. I'll be uh, making sure to keep an eye on whether Saka is indeed there uh, to know if he'll be in the squad for the game against Zurich. He shouldn't really be playing against Zurich, even if he has uh, trained ahead of the game. He needs full rest and needs to be ready for that game against Chelsea at the weekend. But positive news, uh, the feeling after the game, certainly in the press conference, was that Saka's injury wasn't all that bad. 
However, things change very quickly in football, so we can't count our eggs before, rather count our chickens before they've hatched, I think is the correct phrasing. Uh, moving on, and Facundo Torres has been linked quite significantly to Arsenal. We touched upon this yesterday. Um, however, I wanted to go into a little bit of a deeper dive. Of course, uh, further reports have come out yesterday, which we need to talk about today. Initially reported by Simon Collins in the Evening Standard that Arsenal's interest in the player is real and the conversations have taken place between the players, agents, you know, uh, representatives and the club about a potential move. However, Tom Bogart, who's been brilliant regarding news coming from the U.S., reported yesterday that no contact has thus been made between Arsenal and Orlando City specifically. Now, what's, what, you know, what is kind of important to talk about is that these two reports don't cancel out one another. The report from Simon in the, in the, uh, in the Evening Standard talked specifically about Arsenal's interest in the player. Tom's report spoke specifically about the fact that the two clubs have not yet spoken about a potential deal. He also mentioned that plenty of clubs are interested in the player and he would expect him to be playing in Champions League football in 2023. I don't think the two reports cancel one another out at all. I think both can exist uh, in the same space and talk about different aspects of the deal. However, there were reports coming out of Uruguay suggesting that this could be very close to happening. That, I think, is further away from the mark. And in fairness to, to Simon's article, he also says that, that a deal is, you know, is, is not progressed to the advanced stage or anything like that, just that Arsenal certainly have an interest in the player. Now, I've written a piece this morning about Facundo Torres going out on football.london. It's available on my page on the website. And of course, you can find that on my Twitter page as well, at Tom Cantor Media. For me, I think Arsenal should be looking to target a forward of far greater quality far greater competitive kind of level to the players that we have starting at the moment. There's no doubt that Facundo Torres is a talented player, plenty of quality, scored against Arsenal, of course, in pre-season. But for me, I think Arsenal need to be looking to try and bring someone in of a competitive Premier League level to come in and then try to play alongside and be competitive with and pushing Saka, Martinelli, Jesus. That's the type of signing that I think we need. I'm not sure Facundo Torres is that. I have to hold my hands up and say I've not seen loads of him, but in the short space of time that I've been able to go watch some clips, I just and I, I just feel like the level needs to be significantly higher for someone that is going to come, come in and compete with Saka and, uh, and Jesus and Martinelli. That's what I feel about that type of deal. So if we are to move for someone like Facundo Torres, it wouldn't necessarily fill me with the reassurance that that's the level that we need to be aiming for. But there's no there's no there's no argument that he's still like you know, he's a solid argument, he's still a very good player. But I just think Arsenal need to be aiming higher than that. And I don't think that's necessarily unfair. Uh now a headline story is that Arsenal have made an official contract offer to William Saliba. Uh, this is according to David Ornstein and the Athletic, uh, reported yesterday morning that Arsenal's talks uh from an informal nature have now become very established and that an offer has been made that is being considered by the player and his representatives. Whether or not this will be accepted is unknown at this moment in time, but it is certainly positive that Arsenal are very, they're very much pushing to try and get Saliba to sign and renew his deal for the long term. We've managed to secure Gabriel Magalhaes' contract for the foreseeable future, and we're also in conversations with Saka and Martinelli's representatives to try and extend their deals. If we can get hold of Saliba, Martinelli, and Saka on extended contracts, 
into the foreseeable future, I have said a number of times it would be a massive statement of intent from Arsenal and a real show of strength that we can convince these players to sell. It would also be a massive slap in the face to a lot of people that never felt that Saliba would stay and that Arteta had absolutely ruined his kind of Arsenal career and that he would never want to play for the club again. Uh, which is also enjoyable to see. So there's multiple areas of positivity that Arsenal and our fans and us in particular can gain from seeing Saliba sign a brand new deal. It would be great for us to to be able to do it. It'd be great for the club and it'd be a great sign of what this club is trying to move towards. And that completes all of today's stories. We're going to move to part two and your questions right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into the chat box. Let's see what you guys are asking. Uh, Matt says, I agree, Tom, regarding Facundo Torres. I don't think another project is the best thing to do in January. I have no problem if Arsenal wanted to go out in the summer and add extra depth, say if if Reese Nelson wasn't going to stay, that we signed Facundo Torres and he became kind of an option, a depth option for the team, a potential uh, you know, like a bit like Cavallio is for Liverpool, you know, signing someone with real potential, coming off the bench here and there, but isn't necessarily on the same level of Jota, Diaz, Salah, Nunez, Firmino, etc. You know, is a signing of, of quality that is going to give you some depth and could turn into something quite special. Liverpool have done that a number of times with players like Minamino, with players like Markovic. You know, they've not always come to fruition, but they've certainly contributed and added depth to their team. Arsenal need to make sure that they have that depth and I think Torres could be that. But in January, I think that Arsenal need to be going out into the market and really looking specifically at the players that are going to add enough quality to the team as well. Um, HK says, what do we need to compete to win the league uh, player-wise? If you look at the squad right now, if this squad won the Premier League, it would be a monumental achievement when you consider the opposition that Arsenal's squad is up against. You know, we need to improve the left-sided centre-back option, in my opinion. I think we need another left-footed centre-back. I think we need a potential full-back that can give Arsenal more of what Zinchenko gives. And whether that changes Tierney's future, we'd have to wait and see. Maybe we need a different option to replace Cedric and upgrade on Cedric and give us more of an offensive right-back option in the squad. Into midfield, I think we need a competitor for Thomas Partey. I think we need a competitor for Granit Xhaka. 
And if you move to the forward line, I think we need that player that we've just been talking about that has the ability to compete across the front three in a Diogo Jota style type of forward signing. All of things, I think, would enable Arsenal to push towards a place where it can certainly be much, much closer to competing for that top place. Expecting all of that in January is unrealistic, obviously. But I think that Arsenal can do some things in the January window to help push them as close to the end of the season and as high up the table as possible. And if we miss out on signing players in January, I'm certainly going to feel shortchanged and very gutted that we didn't go out and take the initiative to improve the team with players that I know are out there that you could go and get to be able to do that. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, would you put out a strong team on Thursday, wrap it up just at halftime and then rotate? Or would you use most of our second team? I would use a relatively strong team to start the game and then bring players off. I think that Jesus can play this game. You know, it might be that Jesus gets booked against Chelsea and can't play against Wolves, in which case you've then not got him for that extra game. I would use him in this game, give him the opportunity to try and score, get that confidence up, get him a goal before Chelsea. And I think that would be really key for his confidence. I think that we can use players like Granit Xhaka. I think players like Gabriel can play. I think Saliba can still play. I think that White could potentially come in. Tierney, of course, we're expecting to start. Turner, hopefully, he'll be back and fit and ready. We'll only know that on Wednesday's open training session, whether or not he is there. We can start Reese Nelson. You know, I think Reese Nelson would be given a great opportunity to start this game. We don't need to risk Bakaya Saka after his kick on Sunday. So I would go relatively strong and then bring players off. If El Nenny's back, that could be a big thing for us. If El Nenny trains with the group on Wednesday, it could be that he could come into the team, play where Partey has been playing. And then you could even play Lukonga where Xhaka has been and give Lukonga the freedom to play more of a more natural role than what he's been used to. Uh, Liam says, Hi, Tom. Do you think Trossard would be a good addition in January? His contract is almost over, and I think his form proves he's good enough. I think as a competitive wide option, he definitely would make sense for Arsenal to go for someone like that. The only question I have about uh, Trossard is he doesn't really offer Arsenal anything in a more of a central centre-forward type competitive role. That's the only thing where the drawback with him and his age as well goes against him. Uh, Matt Tomo says, are there one or two moves we could make in January to help us secure the title? Again, that versatile forward and the centre midfield competitor, I think, is what we need to do. Uh, Morgan says, Tom, Saliba is nailed on in the team that is top of the league, loved by fans in the next round of the Europa League and likely to be offered shed loads of money. If he refuses... That smacks of being a bit of a mercenary. I wouldn't go as that far because ultimately Saliba has had a up and down time or more down and up time at Arsenal. He knows and his representatives will know the interest that is going to be out there amongst some of the most elite clubs in the game. If there are clubs like Real Madrid, like PSG, like Bayern Munich that are looking at trying to sign Saliba and he goes after the time he's at Arsenal. I'm not going to hold it against him, but I will certainly be asking for Arsenal to get a massive transfer fee in the in the summer window if he is to move on. I, however, am very hopeful that we can get him signed up to a brand new deal. Uh, Tabo says, uh, if you were KSE, would you give Arteta more funds than you had budgeted for in January, given that we have a shot at winning the title? I wouldn't necessarily link it to the title. I would look at where we are in January, see how wide of a gap we've got to fifth place and recognise that there's a real strong chance that Arsenal could qualify for the Champions League next season, which in turn brings with it a lot of financial um, profit, you know, with additional backing, reinforcement financially. And I think that would inform it more so than where we could finish 
in the Premier League. Of course, the higher up the table you finish, the more prize money you, you uh, prize money you win from the Premier League. So that in itself is a real positive. So I think all of those things combined lead me to think that Arsenal certainly will have some financial freedom in the January window, but they will only spend it if they believe they can get the right type of player. Javier says, is Pedro Neto still a good option? I don't think so right now because he's injured. You know, he's out of and missing the World Cup, I think, as well. So I don't think Neto uh, essentially would be a good option for Arsenal and probably wouldn't now in the future. He's had too many big injuries to, to make him a viable investment, I think, at this stage. It's too much of a risk now. I did like the idea of signing him in the summer and I really wanted to see this season him push on. But after signing that new deal, leading all the way through to 2027, he'd be expensive and he'd be very risky now with his injury as well. Uh, Aribo, Aribi sorry, says, am I the only one that breathes a sigh of relief whenever Partey completes a game unscathed? We definitely need competition. I don't think you're the only one, mate. You know, he's, he does always feel like he's playing by a thread at times. and It just feels like an injury could happen at any stage. But whilst he's playing, we've got to enjoy it. We've got to appreciate the quality that he brings to the team. Um, but he could face an injury at any point at all. HK says, we are elites. Look, in terms of historical um, level, Arsenal are an elite side. But you have to say that the elite teams in the world, like City, like Bayern, like Real Madrid, arguably like PSG, you know, these are teams that are winning their leagues. These are teams that are winning Champions Leagues in the case of Real Madrid and Man City, of course, have been very, very close. Bayern Munich, of course, in recent years have won it. PSG have come very, very close. Whilst historically, I think we're an elite side in the competitive landscape of football in 2022, Arsenal, for me, are just below that elite level. And we need to elevate ourselves back into that elite level and we need to make signings to be able to do that. Um, let's go to Spags. He says, hey, Tom, from Australia. Um, do you think, uh, do you know why the journalists aren't usually microphoned in most press conferences? It's sometimes impossible to hear their questions. Um, they were pre-PSV, but that was rare. It's a good and fair question. To give you kind of a bit of an insight of what happens when you go into the press room, there's, the, you have like what you see on the, the screen when you watch a press conference is obviously at the front, big desk microphones up there and obviously when we go into the room what we'll do is we'll record the conversation on our phone put our phone up on the desk and have that record of what's been said it's not really possible to have a microphone going around that room I'm not sure exactly how they did it in the PSV press conference room I wasn't there I can't comment I'm not sure how they managed to do that whether or not it was a microphone on kind of a, a rig that was going around the room they don't have that at Arsenal so that's why you sometimes struggle to hear the questions I always try and make sure if if and I've only done it the once, um, but I obviously that was trying to speak fairly loudly so that it would get picked up by the microphones, of course. Uh, so I hope that answers your question. But Arsenal don't have that in the same kind of way. Um, let's go to Lynn. He says, "Tom, I feel with Saliba. If Arteta had done what he did with uh, with if I feel with Saliba, if Arteta had not done what he did with him, he wouldn't be the player he has become. He has become. So I don't think he will necessarily." Uh, not sign a new deal. I think that the problem is, is that, yes, we are giving him everything that he's asked for, regular game time, regular starts, all of that, because of what's happened at the start, which I agree with you, in a way, 90% of it had to happen. He had to go on loan. He had to play regular football last season. The problem is, is that there has, there has been things that we could have avoided. The thing where we got sent down to the youth team could have been avoided. We didn't have to do that. It could have been registered earlier. 
And I think that the way in which he's grown has naturally brought with it lots of interest from other teams, and quite rightly so, because he's a very good player. I agree that everything that happened regarding the loans had to happen, but that is still going to contribute to potentially doubt in his own mind or even, you know, an encouragement toward him to go, you know what? I've 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 come a long way since moving to Arsenal, a long, long way, despite playing very few games for Arsenal, and I've elevated myself to be in that other area. Uh, Clive, thank you so much for joining us in the chat box. Is Ferran Torres, not Facundo Torres, but Ferran Torres, that versatile forward option? Without question, Clive, you know, can play left, can play right, can play through the middle. Arsenal apparently were very interested at the end of the summer transfer window and came close to apparently signing him before Xavi said no. I would be very, very happy to see Ferran Torres join Arsenal. I think it would be a very good move for Arsenal to sign someone of that level, of that versatility. Really smart piece of business if Arsenal were able to get someone like him. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for the donation, my friend. Odegaard on four with a third of the season gone, on for 12 goals across the entire campaign. That would be awesome. I absolutely agree with you. If Odegaard can get into double digits for goals this season, that is a massive step up. A massive, massive step up. So, yeah, without a doubt, if Ar- if Erdogan continued this goal-scoring form, he's on for a very good end to the season. Uh, let's go to... Scrolling down a little bit more in the chat. Balaji says, do you think it's sensible to go for a good player in January or take a gamble and get a world-class player at the end of the season? I think it's a fair question because players that are available in January uh, are sometimes the players that are not, well, rather, let's let's change the way we phrase that. The players that are available in the summer sometimes aren't available in January. And some of those players and most of those players are on that world-class level. To see a world-class player move in January isn't a very common thing. You know, you don't see too many of them happen during the winter window. Arsenal have been able to pull off a couple. You know, we've seen... Uh, Bamiang, of course, signed for us in January. Uh, and I think that we've seen the likes of Bruno Fernandes, of course, make a big move to Man United in January from Sporting. But it, it's not a regular occurrence. And I think that if we aren't able to get a very, like, the, get the, the player that's going to be competitive with our starting lineup, it's, there's no point in us wasting money on a player that's not good enough. However, I think you can still be smart, potentially look for a loan option just to give you some depth as a minimum. And that is the minimum. Like I don't want the situation with Bruno Guimaraes, which happened last January, because I really, and, and you guys know this, because you all watched the show back last January. I was on the campaign trail for a signing Bruno Guimaraes for a long, long time when we were first linked to him back in January of 2021. I really wanted to see us sign him, you know, and, and we missed out on him. I wouldn't say he's world-class yet. I'd say he's very, very good. I think he certainly could have become world-class at Arsenal, Bruno Guimaraes. But that's the type of deal. Those players that are competitive, a really good level, and can become world-class. Bruno Guimaraes would have been a perfect example of that. We need to find that type of player and then not miss out on them. Uh, Kulisevsky and Benton Core, Football Focus, I wouldn't describe them as world-class. I'd describe them as good, reluctantly. <laughs> they are very good players. Um I was really underrating them, to be fair, last January. And, you know, I wasn't that fussed when Arsenal missed out on them. But Spurs have really benefited from Kulusevski in particular. But Gimaraes is is one of the biggest misses, I think, that Arsenal have certainly had in the modern era uh, of, of Arsenal Football Club. So, yeah, we need to make sure that we don't do that again because we really, really missed out on one. Uh, Dirk says, do you think come January we will have any World Cup winners in our squad? And who do you think it would be? Great question. 
William Saliba could potentially be a World Cup winner with France. Uh, who else? I don't, I'm not back in England to, to, to do what they've been doing in the last few tournaments. I just don't believe in Gareth Southgate enough. I think England need a better coach than him. I'd imagine England get into the quarters, maybe, uh, if they're lucky. Uh, I just don't have that same faith. And, and they've had a lot of injuries recently in some key areas as well. Uh, no less at right back. I think that other, other, you know, Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Magalhaes, if he goes, Martinelli, if he goes, Brazil have got a great chance of going very, very far in the competition as well. Beyond that, I think, yeah, Saliba, Jesus, probably the most likely ones that you'd see getting as far as they can in the competition. I think they're uh, probably the two favourites. There you go. Cedric with Portugal, says HK. Yeah, Cedric's not going to be in the Portugal squad. I think the Fabio Vieira could have potentially been picked because of the injuries to Jota and the injury to... Um, uh, to Neto. I think they've missed out on one other forward as well, actually. So there was a chance that Vieira could get picked, but I don't think Portugal will get too far. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Um, Ilias uh, says, uh, do you think there'll be any outgoings in the, uh, in January or the summer? And if so, who? Yeah, I think there will be between the two windows. I think in January, we might see uh, if we sign a midfielder. Who knows what happens with Lukonga? Maybe he goes on loan. We'll have to wait and see. Had Reese Nelson not had what he did and did this weekend, and if he goes on to be uh, a regular fixture as a substitute and starts contributing, maybe we'll see him uh, stay uh, towards the end of the season. But I would have backed him for a, a January exit. I think Marquinhos will leave on loan in January. I would be very surprised to see if he didn't. Uh, and then in the summer transfer window, you've got Nicolas Pepe, you've got Mohamed Elneny, you've got... Um, Pablo Marie, if Monza stay up, of course, uh, he has an obligatory purchase clause in his contract. Uh, who else is there? Ainsley Maitland-Niles, of course, will come back from his loan. He could leave permanently in the summer. He has a year left at the end of the season. So I think there, there is a number of players. Alex Runison uh, is another player who could leave. So yeah, uh, Cedric as well, I suppose, is another one who could also move on. Maybe Kieran Tierney, who knows? Maybe he will get fed up with the not enough minutes in the team. Nuno Tavares could leave permanently. So yeah, there is a number of players that could certainly leave the club before the summer finishes next year. Uh, Fahim, thank you so much for the donation. Uh, does seeing Almiron's form in the Premier League now warrant us not writing off someone like Facundo Torres? If players come into a performing team, it can help. Now, the thing about Almiron is that Almiron's been in the Premier League for, I think, three seasons now. Um, let me have just a quick check. He's 28 years of age. How long has he been? He joined Newcastle in 2019. Was that in the January window? Uh, he did indeed join in the January window. Um, I believe to be around £20 million from Atlanta uh, is where he joined from. Because I remember, did he? I think he won the MLS with Josef Martinez playing up front as well. I think that the thing with Almiron, it's taken time for him to adjust. I think also that he's a pretty hot and cold player. He'll go through phases. I don't think what we're seeing from him now is a sustainable period of form. I might be wrong. Kind of hope I'm wrong because I like Almiron. Don't necessarily like Newcastle that much. But I think that with Almiron, it's a little bit of a form moment with him. And it's not necessarily an indication that an MLS level player will come in and have an immediate impact because it's taken him three seasons to really reach a level where you're saying, wow, this Almiron guy is looking quite good. Now he's 28. Facundo Torres is 22. So I think there is a difference between that. And I don't necessarily think it can be used as direct evidence to suggest that an MLS player would come in and have an immediate impact. They still can, 
you know, there are plenty of quality players coming out of not just the MLS, but the CSL as well. And Arsenal need to be well across those and scouting those areas. But I do think that we need to make sure that we are adding quality that get more guarantees us an immediate impact than we have with some of the other signings like Laconga and Tavares that we've faced more recently. Uh, Carl says, good balance show, Tom, and good contributors. Don't forget to show your appreciation and hit the like button. Do indeed do that, people. As I said, before we started the show, I think we were less than 20 subscribers away from hitting that massive, um, amazing 40,000. So a massive appreciation to everyone that has supported the channel thus far. It means so, so, so much to everybody that does continue to do and watch this show and make it part of their morning routines. Um, but it's been a real pleasure to chat to you, as it always is. We've reached the end of our half an hour morning show. Have a fantastic day. I will join you tomorrow morning once again to keep you updated with everything that happens in the space of the last 24 hours. Drop a like before you leave. Subscribe if you're new. And if you'd like to help support the channel, you can. Uh, you can join up as a member, join our Discord server. It's like that chat box, but 24-7. And I'll be joined by hopefully some of the members tomorrow evening to talk about the FC Zurich game on our preview show as well. Go watch the Arsenal Lounge uh, with the boys. I wasn't able to join them last night because it was my 10-year anniversary with the missus. Uh, it's actually that today, but we were celebrating it yesterday. Um, so, yes, do go check out that with the boys. The Arsenal Way will, of course, be live in the morning as well. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to always join you, and I will see you again very, very soon. Have a good one, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.